Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Webmaster Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, you know I love Stuart Elliott, and I talk about him all the time. Um, and, you know, he had written about all the ads on the Super Bowl, and you've just watched all the ads on the Super Bowl. And I'm wondering if you noticed the same thing that Stuart Elliott did at the Wall Street, um, excuse me, at the New York Times. Uh, yogurt, yogurt ads. Now, we know Dannon broke through yogurt, uh, putting yogurt ads on Super Bowl in 2012. But now uh, Chobani joined the ranks, and you may have noticed that big brown bear searching for something good to eat um, that hit during the Super Bowl. Well, it's interesting to kind of take a look at all the consumer um, consumables that were actually at the Super Bowl this year. You had yogurt, you had salty snacks, you had candy. So yogurt and candy actually were represented at the same level, two candy brands, M&M and Butterfinger Peanut Butter Cups. And then on the yogurt side, you had Dannon and Shabani. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that, um, you know, some good for you um, products are being taking Super Bowl and, and making it their showcase. Of course, there was Doritos. We've always seen Doritos. And we know Coke um, is a big player. Soda Stream, you probably saw that. And then, of course, Pepsi and their big halftime show. What a show that was. Uh, so you got Cheerios, pistachios. I mean, it's all over the map. But the fact that yogurt really broke in uh, was was really important. First, Chobani. Chobani is the number one brand of Greek yogurt. And uh, the founder and chief executive of Chobani, uh, Hamdi Ulkaya, uh, was was quoted in in the article that I read earlier in the week that you know what it's part of a multimedia campaign it kicks off at the Super Bowl we've got ads we're digital we've got social and um, you know what to be at the Super Bowl means that um, you know we're trying to reach this mass audience you're also going to see these ads coming up at the Winter Olympics and the Academy Awards as well so they're really going for this this big viewer strategy to get yogurt out there um, on the biggest days. So the biggest days of football, the biggest days of um, 
sports in general, which would be the Olympics, and the biggest days of, of entertainment, which would be the Academy Awards. So it will be interesting to see if they continue um, that approach for the rest, the rest of the year, and then also if they're in the Super Bowl next year as well. Um, so anyway, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Hope your team won. And more than anything, hope you enjoyed those ads. Um, our first profile today is Minority Moms. Um, you know, these are women in the United States who are not Caucasian. So we're talking Native Americans, uh, Latinos, um, African Americans. Uh, lots of women out there, average age of 48, high school grads, married, uh, mostly homemakers, um, have two kids in the home. And they, they, bra they embrace both their Americanized cultures and also their native cultures. They, they celebrate both. They try to bridge the gap between them. Their family is number one in their lives. Um, they feel a great sense of duty to the, that, those family members and their country and themselves. Religion plays a very big role as well. Their faith is critically important to them, can consider themselves a spiritual person. Uh, when Shopping, you know what, they do it when it's needed. You know, they don't go out and just troll them all for fun. They go in, they buy what they want, and they come out. Price wins. Uh, they will purchase things on sale. They'll head to the clearance rack like most of us do these days uh, when they enter a store, and they'll shop around for the best price. All very, very smart approaches to shopping. And they do like to stay local. They shop local um, as much as they possibly can. When it comes to media, you know, they're, they're looking at a lot of family-focused media like Family Circle, Good Housekeeping, Prevention, Parenting. Better Homes and Garden. They're watching cable um, all over the place pretty much. Um, lots of mainline cable stations like Fox News Channel, Lifetime. Um, you know, BET is a big one as well. Websites, they're on eBay um, a lot. And, um, and Yahoo and Disney are also big ones. Uh, so my guest today knows a lot about women of all shapes, races, sizes. Um, she's been breaking down barriers for women her entire career. Anne Doyle, the name is probably very familiar with you. She's one of the first uh, sportscasters, female sportscasters, to enter a locker room. Her long-time long journalism um, career was is hallowed in, in the annals of journalism. Um, and then she was went on to have a very successful career in the auto industry. She is a speaker and an author, and that's exactly the reason she is here today. We're going to be talking to her about her book, Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And there is a, a definite difference between achieving and leading, and Anne is going to tell us all about it when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Ann Doyle, longtime uh, journalist, uh, pioneering journalist, really, for, for women, especially in the sports area, uh, executive in the auto industry, noted author, speaker, and, of course, advocate for women in leadership. She's on today talking about her book, Powering Up, How Americans, America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. And I'm so excited to have you on today, Anne. Welcome to the program. Well, Maria, it's a thrill to be part of this, and um, I know you'll ask me great questions, the journalist that you are. <laughs> well, from what, for one journalist to another journalist, uh, we certainly can appreciate what we've been through as women in that industry, for sure, and, and what women are still facing. Uh, but, and that's just one part, of course, of your book, Powering Up. Why did you write the book, and, and what, you know, you've you said before, I think, uh, in something I read, you know, you decided to write another leadership book. There's a lot of leadership books out there, but why did you write this one? Well, I wrote this book because, number one, I'm a voracious reader. I'm a journalist in my soul, and I'm always looking for the story. And um, it was very, very clear to me as I looked kind of at the big picture, uh, you know, how could I move the conversation forward about women and, um, you know, achieving their full potential. And it was very clear to me that there was this attitude in this country that, uh, you know, sort of we didn't need the women's movement anymore, you know, all those issues were solved, and that was, that's not true at all. And the fact is, is that um, in the last four decades or so, we've seen tremendous um, change in terms of women, particularly in um, public professional roles, and so we've become this nation of millions of highly educated, high-achieving women, but we are leadership underachievers. And so what I was looking for was what does it take for all those high-achieving women who are sort of standing at the gates of leadership uh, to move into the top roles in leadership in every industry, which men still hold 80% of those. Mm -hmm. What does it take for us to move into those roles in huge numbers as we once moved into the professional roles that were once men-only jobs in the 70s and the 80s and that that was our next challenge? 
Exactly. Well, and we're going to get into the definitions of achiever versus being a leader in a minute, but you've actually personified this in your entire career. I mean, you your life has been about breaking barriers. You were one of the first female sportscasters to report sideline. You, you had great you've had great success at business. Do you think it's easier to lead today than what you found 30 years ago? Wow. I think it takes the same thing to lead today as it does at any time, and that's courage. And we, if there's something that I believe that women uh, as a cultural tribe tend to lack and that we need more of, it's courage. And it's the courage to sort of step out there and, and push against the edges of what culture or mainstream is telling you is the easy thing to do. And so leading is never easy. And I'm not saying that it's for everybody. But when you have 50% of the human race is women, and now you have 66% of women in this country earning the college degrees, and it's happening all over the world, and you have women of half of the workforce, now you start to see there's a problem with um, men still making most of the primary decisions in every single arena, whether it's corporate, whether it's governing, um, you, culture, you name it. Uh, there's, there's something wrong there, and it's up to women to um, sort of as a group and, and this means, you know, we need a lot of women, and we need women supporting one another mm-hmm. when we step up and say, I want that leadership role. So mm-hmm. it takes courage. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's essential that we do that and that we'll be a stronger nation and um, human family when we do. Well, courage is one uh, ingredient for sure in making that transition from achiever, which you're right, we're absolutely um, a gender based on high achievement for all those reasons that you've said to becoming a leader. So courage is one ingredient, but there there are other ways, other things that we need to make that transition. So men are clearly probably part of that equation. Can you talk a little bit about men and us helping us make that transition? Well, I'd love to talk about men. Um, I wrote my book, uh, you know, Powering Up How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. is sort of a field guide for women who basically say, okay, I've, I've, I leaned in a long time ago. I leaned in years ago. I've mastered all that stuff. And so here are the skills, and there are seven of them, really, that um, women have to master next, kind of our graduate work to become leaders. But a piece of that, and I wrote a chapter on this, is, is definitely about men because there's a chapter in there called What Do Men Have to Do With It? And the answer, of course, is men have plenty to do with it. They're very, very important in this. And I heard someone say recently, you know, we need women of courage and men of conscience. Mm-hmm. And the conscience piece is you could call it consciousness, too, mm-hmm. because the evidence is overwhelming out there about the talent pool, which women are, and about um, how organizations and corporations all function at a higher level when you have a significant number of women in there. And so it really takes um, men in many, many roles, I mean, to, to lead the way in terms of the, 
the cultural change that is required in um, in organizations and in, in workforce culture um, in, in terms of um, identifying talented women and then sponsoring them and that means you know advocating strongly visibly for them to move into those leadership roles and also to model the way for other men because I know that men are going to follow other men especially when you're talking about moving culture forward you know it's 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 new ground and so men are going to of course they listen to women but in terms of taking leadership roles they're going to follow other men that they respect and so we need powerful visible men speaking up and advocating and showing the way of what men can do mm-hmm. you talked about seven key steps and making the transition, men, of course, men, conscious men, men of conscious, um, mm-hmm. being one of them. Can you expound on some of those other elements without giving it all away? I mean, we want people to read the book, so I'm not expecting you to, to give away all the secrets today. Well, absolutely. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, I wrote a chapter on every one of them, and so I'll mention a couple of really important ones. I mean, the very first one in terms of uh, moving from being a high achiever to a leader is find your purpose. And, you know, becoming a leader is moving from really the mental change from it's all about me to it's all about we. And so it, it's not just being a leader so that you have some position of power. It's about where are you going to make a difference? What's going to be the piece that you're going to help people move forward into in terms of making a positive change? And you have to, that's inside. That's your passion. Um, and, and you've got to look inside and find that. And that will give you the fuel because leadership is too hard if you don't have, if you don't understand your purpose. Um, next one is uh, raise your voice. This is a huge one in terms of women, and there's courage in many of these. But raise your voice is all about um, women's voices are not heard right now. And because if they were heard, we wouldn't have... Um, 48 million American women, the majority of people living in poverty and on the edge today are women and children. And if women truly raised our voices collectively to shape public policy, to run for office, to raise our voices in shaping corporate cultures, um, we would have a different society. And so women really need, and that's about communication skills of course, too, but courage built right into that. Um, another one that I'll mention is drink at dangerous waters. That's also courage. You know, it's, um, it, it's getting out of your comfort zone and, and, and repeatedly moving into um, areas where you're, you're, you're stepping out. And it can start very, very small, but that's how you get the strength to take the bigger steps. And, um, you know, and some of that is um, what I call being culturally multilingual, which leaders have to be today, and that means having the ability to work across gender lines effectively, across generation lines effectively, across cultural lines effectively. So those are a couple of them. There are seven altogether. You know, the raising our voices yeah. and having our voices heard and, and women coming together for mm-hmm. change, um, you know, we saw this in action 
or maybe not in action in the last election. You know, um, while we voted more women in office than we ever had before, we're woefully, woefully yeah. um, outnumbered. Um, so, you know, what do you say about that? What happens to our nation if women don't rise up and try to get more women to hold office? I mean, there's all kinds of challenges built in with even running for office. I mean, we, we know what... I mean, I can say this because I was in the media. I mean, we know what happens for pe- when people run for office. Their lives get scrutinized. Um, uh, opinions get batted around about them um, in, in the name of, quote, unquote, journalism. Um, it's a hard, hard road to hoe. And uh, we're just not represented in that area. But what's going to happen if we don't have representation in that area? I spend a lot of time talking about this very topic, and and I do feel like it starts at the legislative level where laws are made and barriers are broken. I mean, if you look at the United States based on other, uh, other countries, we're woefully behind here. I'm just curious about your take on all that. Oh, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, Maria, and I feel very passionately about this. And I have been telling women to run for office for so many years that they finally called my bluff and said, well, why don't you run for office, Dan? <laughs> I know, congratulations. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I figured, and that was drinking in dangerous waters. So I'm like, okay, maybe I better do this. And so I did run for office, and I was elected to a four-year term on our city council here, uh, which I've just completed. And um, I, I, act, I work very, very hard to get other women um, into office. And the biggest piece of that is we still have to beg women to run for office. You know, men kind of, um, there's a great quote about, uh, uh, you know, men wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I think I'll run for president. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> whereas women, and this is the courage. We're back to the courage, Maria. And you can say all kinds of things about, oh, my gosh, they'll scrutinize me, or it's, you know, you got to have sharp elbows, or you, yes. But leadership is not easy. But when women um, are afraid and hold back, men run into that vacuum, and that's where we are right now, is we have men making decisions that shape women's lives and shape children's lives without the understanding that women bring to the important life decisions that um, that policy affects. And when you said what happens if women don't run for office, well, what happens is where we are right now mm-hmm. is we really, I mean, I think of it kind of as a, a dysfunctional family or a, a, fa- a single father family. And, you know, there are a lot of great single fathers raising children. And, I'm a, you know, I raised my son as a single mother. His father died when he was very young. But ideally... You know, a family has the, a, a human family, a nation family, has the, the wisdom and the life experience of the father and the mother, the male and the female, and we bring very different uh, experience and wisdom and questions and priorities to legislative decisions. And we're in a situation right now where... Uh, Men are making all the decisions because women are minority voices even when they're there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we know that from a lot of research that in order to um, even change the conversation, let alone 
change the decisions, a minority voice has to get to 33%. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not even close to 33% in the United States uh, Senate. You know, we have 20 women out of 100, which is the you know, highest we've ever gotten. Uh, we have about 17% in terms of women in the House. So we're not even close anywhere in this country in terms of women even hitting the 33% mark of changing the conversation in terms of the, um, the important legislative decisions that are shaping policies in this country that affect people every single day in their individual lives. And that's why we need to raise our voices and rally together because the more of us that are speaking off the same hymnal as loud as we can, the better chance that we're going to be heard, even if our numbers are small. They're small right exactly. now. Exactly. We need to change that. <laughs> and more women vote. More, right. more women are registered voters in this country and tend to go to the polls more yes. than men. It no. makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. But then again, this is life, and a lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, we're, we're trying to, you know, we, can, we can't do anything about the past, but we can definitely shape the future, and that's what we're trying to do, right? That's exactly. Amen. Amen, Ann. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we are going to talk about someone who's shaping her right now and the future of the auto industry. Um, Anne's going to explain the impact of a very important announcement when Pershing's returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. First Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. 
Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I have been delighted to be joined today by Ann Doyle, a fabulous journalist, um, auto industry executive, author, speaker, advocate for women in leadership. Uh, her new book, Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders, has been the topic of our conversation today. And I wanted to point out to one woman who is definitely a leader, you wrote about uh, the new CEO at GM in your Forbes.com article and mm-hmm. talk about why this announcement was such big news. You're talking about Mary Barra. And, I am. Uh, Mary when the Barra. president, uh, <laughs> when the president gave his State of the Union address, I mean, Mary Barra was there, you know, and he acknowledged her. And there was another fabulous woman, personal friend of mine from Michigan, uh, Andra Rush, who was also um, uh, praised, you know, and, and was there and singled out um, in terms of two very, very um, important women leaders who are cracking what I've been calling for about 10 years, the steel ceiling of the auto industry. And so, um, yes, I'm, uh, I was a Ford executive, and so uh, women, automotive women, you know, for, uh, insiders from the auto industry, we could see that Mary Barra was definitely in the running. Again, you watched that kind of development for years in terms of, but when it happened, you know, just a couple weeks ago, when it actually happened, that she was chosen as the CEO of General Motors, um, it was stunning. I mean, people here in the Detroit were, um, women in the auto industry everywhere were like dancing in the halls, just could not believe it. Stunning. And the pieces to that that are really important are, number one, because it's one of the well, biggest and, and best known uh, corporations in the world, um, that has huge impact as sort of modeling uh, you know, a, a very, very senior woman at the very top and in the spotlight, which will, I think, encourage other companies to take a more serious look at talented women who are ready. Um, she, of course, is one of the most, probably the most qualified person ever chosen uh, to be uh, the CEO of General Motors. She's 51 years old. She has 33 years of experience in the in, at General Motors, came right up through. She's an engineer with an MBA from Stanford. So just incredible qualifications. But the other important pieces to that, and this is back to the topic of men, is that she had to be, because men still hold the keys, to the leadership locker room doors, as I like to say. It took key men along the way to recognize her talent and to make sure that she was developed appropriately, got the right assignments to develop her talents, and then advocated for her as she moved her way up. And then ultimately, when she she was recommended by the CEO of General Motors to the board of directors, it took people on that board, including many men, to basically say, yes, that's our choice. And interestingly, there are almost 30% of the directors on the General Motors board are women. Good for them. That's what it takes. And that's the new board. After General Motors, remember, went through bankruptcy. So you have a whole new culture going on, Mm -hmm. and that would never have happened at the old General Motors. Mm -hmm. Well, and that will pave the road, no pun intended, to very... Very yeah. successful General Motors for them as well. We all know that. We we know that if you have um, at least three women on your board, at least three, you have to have at least three 
that over the course of time, your company will perform better than if you do not have that representation. So that bodes well for them. Clearly, a lot of eyes will be on, um, on Mary Barr um, and the precious few others who have ascended to the CEO seat. Um, do you think it's fair that they bear the burden? I mean, they, they are the ones that will be looked at and all women uh, who might aspire to those seats will basically be graded on their performance. Well, I don't. I don't think that life is fair. I don't think the world is fair. <laughs> well, yes, it's not. We know that. Yes. You know, and um, you know, and 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 when you're in a leadership role, any leader, uh, the spotlight is going to be on you. More people are going to be watching you, and you're. And, and because there are so few women, uh, still in leadership roles, I mean, the the spotlight and the scrutiny on them is going to be even more intense. But that's what leadership is about, and people just have to understand that and understand it's not just about them, that they are um, modeling for little girls and little boys. Well, Anne, in your book, you call out a number of kind of uh, female mindsets, if you will, pioneering interlopers, influential insiders, um, the I'll do it my way innovators. How are these women different yet? How are they potentially the same? Well, I did that because when I was writing my book, I felt it was very, very important that um, we as women start to think about our leveraging our collective power and that um, we're, we're never going to achieve the influence that we should have in our uh, culture uh, if we don't leverage our collective power and support one another. And But in order to do that, we have to understand each other because I see that there's still a lot of dissonance and misunderstanding about women, and we're in kindergarten in terms of understanding how to support one another. So I wrote a chapter on each one of these because as I thought my way through it, I realized uh, how different these three generations are. And, the, and that's because of the times, the culture, that w- was was happening when they were moving into the workforce and um and and the organizations the things that they faced and so the first one is um you know my generation of women we're 55 and older now i mean this is the hillary clinton gloria steinem uh women who were um i i, I describe us kind of as the marines you know the mm-hmm. pioneering interlopers. I mean, we came out of school in the early '70s, and we were taking some heavy fire, <laughs> and often criticized for being very tough. Well, you have to be. You had to be at that time. And um, and then the next uh, the next generation is these. They're really the I'm no feminist, but women, and I call them the influential insiders because they were the ones who they tend to be in their late 30s into their early 50s now. And so there were more of them than pioneering interlopers because you had more women graduating from college, more law degrees, more MBAs. And by the time they came along, if the pioneering interlopers were told, no, you can't, no, you can't be a doctor, a lawyer, a judge, a CEO, go into those sports locker rooms, the influential insiders were told, well, maybe you can. Mm -hmm. Because by the time they came along, there was room for one woman. And what happened is it pitted women against one another. They saw other women as their competition rather than allies going for all the jobs. And, and then they were also basically saying, hey, I want those jobs that the pioneering interlopers were fighting for, but I'm not one of those troublemakers. 
And there's nothing wrong with that because they were almost like the diplomats that come after the Marines, you know, <laughs> because it takes very different skills to knock down those doors that were locked than to get a seat at the table, which is what they did. And then the next ones are our new, are our, you know, Gen Ys, our millennials, who are in big numbers just moving into the workforce, and they're really in their early 30s and then coming out of college right now. And I'll call them the I'll do it my way innovators because the message that they received, of course, was, yes, you can. Yes, you can do absolutely anything, you know, because of the roads that were paved. But if, if there were the Marines were the interlopers and the diplomats were the uh, influential insiders, the, the Gen Ys, the innovators, I call them, they're the tourists. And in a lot of ways, the weakness is they have no idea what's lurking down those alleyways. That's right. (laughs) You know, the pickpocket. They have their unconscious about, because the roads have been paved, they really uh, are very naive about what it takes to truly move into leadership, and also they've never had to fight. Right. And, and so that's their next challenge. And so the important thing really is that all, all three of those groups have great strengths and some weaknesses, but we really need the strengths of each group in order to all of us achieve our full potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I'll do it my way innovators may not even know what they're fighting for either. Uh, because they're, they're not so, even fighting, right. 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 They're not even fighting. It's like, what's the problem? There is no problem, right? (laughs) Because in their world, they can do anything, la, 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 you know, uh, until it becomes tough. And it it will become tough because we are not there yet as a gender. Um, So more fight needs to happen. More wars need to be won. uh, And all of that. So that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, just very basic, Anne, uh, because we're almost out of time. But so many great insights that you've shared today, but how can we begin today, this very, very day, to create change for women, whether I'm listening and I'm a man or I'm a woman today? Well, um, I'd like to go back to what I talked about in terms of that, um, that saying that, you know, we need women of courage and men of conscience to, uh, for women to, to, and for all of us who care about lifting our culture and our society and moving forward um, it, to, to take the next steps uh, to make sure that we are tapping this huge talent pool of underutilized brain power and skill. And uh, I like to say that um, if there's one thing I hope women will remember, it's that every woman for herself is a losing strategy. We have got to start thinking collectively and realize that when one woman rises, we all rise, and whether that's into leadership roles in your company, whether it's, you know, the leadership role on the school board, or whether it's president of the United States, uh, when one woman rises, we will all rise. And, and for men, there's so many wonderful men out there right now who are fathers and husbands and brothers and bosses who, um, who care about this, who see it, are visionary and really are basically saying, what can I do? And, the, and there's so much that they can do, and, but they can, number one, lead other men and speak up and strategically take steps to make sure the talented women move into leadership roles in big numbers. 
Well, and thank you, Anne, for all that you're doing um, to be a voice for women. Um, everything that you've done in your, in your past life, what you're doing today, and for your book, too. And I do encourage everyone to pick up Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. Thank you so much for spending time with me today to talk about this incredibly important issue. My pleasure, Maria. Power on. Yeah, power on. And please do go learn more about Anne at AnnDoyleStrategies.com. You can learn all about her, her great uh, innovations, her history, how she's been breaking down barriers for years, um, and, and why you need to go read that book. And thank you to my producer, George, and join me right here for another edition of Her Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.